there! This is the Evolution Sermon Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that our message makes your week a bit more awesome. See you in church! Okay, so before we start, maybe let's just pray. So Father, just thank you for this time that we can come together to hear your word. Lord, just pray that let your word to go beyond the content to really grow us and to bring us to a place where we are deeper in our relationship with you, to hear from you what we need to move and what we need to change so that we can become the person that God you called us to be. So Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So end of year is always a time that a lot of people travel, right? And I think this year, the theme for traveling is not which country, it's just a revenge traveling, right? Can travel, I travel. No matter how expensive, I also want to travel. Right, so for myself, right, I was quite fortunate. My company sponsored lah. So, for about uh, the past two months, actually, I traveled nearly three times already. Yeah. So, thanks to my company. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, all of us haven't been traveling for a long time. So, certain uh, view, a uh, certain scene uh, when we exit from the airport, right, is still a bit strange to us, right? So one of the things that I observed when I was exiting, um, when I was in London uh, and, and Bangkok, when I exit the arrival hall, right, I was like, hey, how come there's a group of people crowding? No, what's going on? Then I realized, right, people are crowding there not because of Jackson Wang, right? So nowadays, oh, Jackson Wang, Jackson Wang, right? So because of Jackson Wang, not because there's free gift, right? Singaporeans, when there's something free, everyone rush there, right? When I walked over, right, when I was in London, I walked over to the arrival hall, uh, after picking up my luggage, I saw a lot of people crowding around the vending machine. So I thought it's like free food or very nice food. But when I walked closer, I realized it's a, a vending machine that gives out a tourist SIM card. So the next thing that happened when I traveled to Bangkok, right? Well, again, I exit the arrival hall, right, I see a crowd. So my first thought was, is it Jackson Wong? All right. Yeah. But I realized, right, that it is a shops, right, that, uh, that does uh, tourist uh, uh, SIM card services as well. So when I see this scene, right, then it makes me remind uh, of an interesting um, diagram. But before that, uh, how many of you are familiar with the Maslow hierarchy of needs? Some of you are like, uh, Zihan, I can't really remember. Alright, so let me just explain to you. So it is actually a very famous idea that's been proposed by the American um, psychologist, uh, Abraham Maslow, in his 1943 paper, A Theory of Human Motivation. So it's actually a classification system for what he believes are universal needs of every human being. So the five categories you can see behind me is the physiological, safety, love, uh, and belonging, esteem, and self-actualization. These are things that motivate us. So he actually argues that we pursue them in the ascending order from bottom up. And for us to pursue each level, each prior level must first be met. So, for example, people don't care about self-actualization if they're worried about losing their job or losing their house. Uh, people won't be motivated to look into self-improvement or meaning in life if they don't have a sense of belonging. So, this is a theory that started in 1943. And of course, over time, we learned that we can actually worry about these all five things at the same time, okay? Not in the ascending or descending order, right? And of course, this model has been updated many, many times. So as I mentioned, right, just now I saw an interesting scene, right? And I realized that Wi-Fi right now becomes more important than any other needs. Okay, Wi-Fi is like old school. Lah. Right now it's data, right? Yeah, data very important. No data, I'm dead, okay? Yeah, so Wi-Fi becomes our both, both, most basic needs. So if you don't have Wi-Fi, now you talk about anything else, all right? 
So I saw another diagram, right, is that other than Wi-Fi, what is more important than that is battery life. Right? Some of you, if no battery life, no life, right? Uh, so today, what do I want to talk about? I want to talk about um, the self-actualization part of our human existence. And the character that spoke to me the most while uh, the leaders were away in Penang, you know, when we were praying, is Abraham. So to me, Abraham is like all of us here. You know, he struggled with all these five aspects of Maslow's uh, hierarchy. So there were times in places where God sent him and his community, they were only contented with the physiological resources like food and water. There were moments Abraham left, he uh, uh, felt that his personal safety was threatened. There were days there were drama in his own family you know, that limited his sense of belonging and not forgetting his struggle with infertility that he was not able to have a descendant for a long time and that, might that would have affected his self-esteem. But yet, going through all these things, Abraham had a deep relationship with God. Not without his challenges, but time and again, Abraham sought God and returned to God and obeyed Him. So today, we are going uh, to see him. Okay? Today, we're going to look into his life. Okay? And that's why our message is, we are here, lessons from Abraham. So you guys ready to turn your Bible? Let's turn to Genesis 12. Okay, so in Hebrew, we have the culture, right? That we turn to the Bible verse or chapter, we say yes, so that everyone knows that we are there. Okay, if you don't have a Bible, please turn to your neighbor and smile at them. Okay, they'll be glad to share with you. Right? So let me read to you the CB version. Uh, Genesis 12, verse 1. It says that the Lord said to Abraham, Leave your land and your family and your father's household for the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and will bless you and I will make your name respected and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, those who curse you, I will curse. All the family of the earth will be blessed because of you. Abraham left just as the Lord told him and Lot went with him. Now Abraham was 75 years old when he left Ahan. Aharam, sorry. <laughs> Uh, Abraham took his wife Sarah and his nephew Lot and all their possessions and those who became members of his household in Haran. And they, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they went, when they arri arrived in Canaan, Abraham traveled through the land as far as the sacred place of Shechem and the Oak of Moreh. The Canaanites lived in the land at the time. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I give this land to your descendant. So Abraham built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. From there, he travelled towards the, the mountain east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west of Ai on the east. There, he built an altar to the Lord and worshipped in the Lord's name. Then Abraham set out towards the Iraq south uh, plain, making and breaking camp as he went. Okay, so for those who are new in faith and our friends here, uh, if you do not know, uh, Abraham is actually Abraham's OG name, okay, his original name. Okay, so how he became from uh, Abraham to become Abraham, right? It's a story another day, alright? <laughs> so today as you read the Bible, it's referring to the same person. Okay, so right now uh, in chapter 12, uh, it's actually the first time the Bible actually introduced us to Abraham. So it is a story of how he is caught and how he and his entire family begin their journey of following God's promise for them. So this brings me to the first lesson, the first point that we can learn from Abraham is that God's promise requires us to step out from our comfort zone. So let's look at verse 1. The Lord said to Abraham, or Abraham, leave your land and your family 
and your father's household for the land that I will show you. So whether you are a Christian or someone of different faith or who doesn't believe in God at all, uh, to experience higher purpose or even a new stage of life, right, sometimes requires us to leave and to leave what to leave what is old, to leave what is comfortable, to make room for something new. So one of the greatest obstacles, right, for any of us to progress in our life is that we tend to hold on to what is familiar to us. They gave us physiological safety uh, and security. And sometimes even to things that's not good to us, but we are used to them. So for the youth and tertiary, right, it could be a certain subject or maybe this is that you're in, in uni or in school, right, whereby you always score A's for that subject or that module, or you got some praise for that particular CCA you're in or involvement that you're at. And then it stops you from exploring other things that might make you happier. So for working adults, right, very easily, right, we can get contented with certain skill sets or job environment that thus far gave us safety and security as well, that we keep passing out on opportunities that might bring us more satisfaction. So for some of us, it could be that you are teetered to your family members or family culture as well, that you hold on to a certain idea of how things are supposed to be in your family or how life is supposed to look like as well. Or sometimes it could be old relationship or friendships that's holding you back, that you want something more and deeper, but you're scared to let go of what you already have, even though it's not that great. So even though these expectations you know, often bother you and hold you back from who you really want to, you still stick to that anyway. That every year you tell yourself, right, oh, New Year resolution, I'm going to make that change. I'm going to do less of what I don't like. I want to do more of what God wants me to do, but you revert to default mode, all right? So you know, I found that as someone who is a Christian for a long time, I would say for a long time, Sometimes, the hindrance of us living into God's best for us, right, isn't just obedience. Sometimes it requires us to live. So many of us genuinely desire to obey God, right? But we struggle to leave behind the life we have for the life that we could have. So here in this passage, the Bible actually teaches us that in order for God to show us a better future that He has for us, whether is it His plans, His vision, or His purpose, no, God will first challenge us to live. So, of course, it doesn't mean, right, why well, you have to move out very, at this very moment. But sometimes you do need to do it. And it's a yes that you need to leave situation, you need to leave certain culture. You have to moderate how much time you spend with relationships that's holding you back in order to experience more of what God has in stock for you. Then, a lot of people come to me, right, worrying about what is God installing for them. I'm like, huh? Okay. But they say that, oh, Zihan, how do you uh, expect me to live, right? before I know the exact details, right, of what God has installed for me. That's why I always answer them, that's why you need faith. <laughs> Sometimes, right, you need to just step out. And once you do that, there is room for God to speak. So let's go back to the verse, uh, verse 1, the second part of it. Uh, verse 1b, it says that for the land that I will show you, so God is speaking to Abraham. Okay, for the land I will show you, I will make you a great nation and will bless you, I will make your name respected, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, those who curse you, I will curse. All the family of this earth will be blessed because of you. Okay, I think my mess is not bad. So I counted, there's actually five I will and three will in this verse, okay? So once we all step out, okay, uh, once you step out, God's promise, okay, over and over again, okay, something will start to take place in your life. So for Abraham, God showed him the land. Not just any land, 
but a land that can house the next promise that God has for him. That God is going to increase Abraham in quantity, not just in one person, but into a great nation of many people. He's going to also increase Abraham in his quality as well as a person, that way both he will be respected and honoured. So we have to leave our safety zone. And sometimes it could be our physical or emotional safety zone in order to receive God's new level of safety, sense of belonging and esteem for us. So you know what really inspired me about Abraham? That he actually did it when he was what, 75 years old. Okay, so Abraham, okay, let's look at verse 4. It says, Abraham just left as the Lord told him and Lord went with him. Now Abraham was 75 years old when he left. Okay, so Abraham just did it. Okay, even though uh, despite of his age, he's 75 years old. Then how about the next thing, despite of the inconvenience? No, for us, right, some of us, we move house really big headache, right? Then Abraham is not moved not just one family, but many families at the same time. I believe he's not a joke, okay? And also he did it despite the lack of details and direction as well. So as we read, we realize that hey, there's actually no clear instruction of where Abraham should go. No clear instruction of how far Abraham should go as well. So if I'm Abraham, right, well, if I'm 75 years old, I'll be like, wow, God, I'm 75 years old already, right? I'm receiving my CPF ready, and then you ask me to move. Okay, some of you don't know what CPF. Very good. Okay, you'll soon know when you start working, all right? Okay, God, no, this move, right, it's going to cost a lot of money. No, it costs me my reputation. It will cost me my resources that I build up in my own town. And sometimes you come to God and say, that God, I don't know, if I move, right, what if it didn't work out? Will I fail and embarrass myself? So if you are thinking this way, don't worry. You're normal, okay? You're human, okay? But whenever we make changes in our life, we tend to take stock of it. We'll weigh the pros and cons. And that's wisdom, and that's good. And we want to make wise decisions. But be careful that it does not turn into arguing, bargaining, and complaining that stops you from God's promise. Now, one of the things that I learned from Abraham, how he overcome his responses, is that he chose to obey and live Instead, is to step out of his comfort zone and trust in God. You know, I know a few weeks ago, like I think October, right? I shared with you about my career, you know, how I left my comfortable job at the bank, you know, become an advisor and how high it is. So now no one wants to change job, right? Okay. But this week, let me share with you my career in TiVo, okay? Not really career, but how things are happening for me in TiVo as well as I grow up, okay? How I left my comfort zone, right, to meet a need in TiVo and how high it is. Okay, so it goes back all the way to 2013. Okay, so that was very long ago, okay, when I was still a youth. Uh, no, the photo haven't come yet. Hing, uh. all right. <laughs> okay, so nine years ago, okay, when I was about to graduate from uni, you know, comfortably in the office, right? You know, I remember faintly that day I was in the office. CJ, pastor, actually came out to me to ask whether I can meet a need in worship team. You know, in my mind, I was thinking, wow, got a chance to become worship leader, maybe. Or maybe become the guitarist that I hope to become, right? Then, surprise, I was asked to become drummer. No, at one Ulu corner, right? At the time, I say drummers are heard but not seen. You know, you go inside there, it's totally pitch dark, right? So, to give you my background again, when it comes to music, right? You know, I failed the school of worship, means uh, it's where I learned about guitar three times, okay? And I don't know, even remember whether I passed it or not. 
So I took very long to you know, press my chords and strum to a to build to a acceptable level. Lah. Okay, I'm not saying I'm very talented, acceptable level, not painful to your ears, alright? So those are my musical background. And during that time, I was in my mid-20s, you know, I got slightly stiff joint, you know, and zero experience when it comes to drumming. So when PC, when CJ asked me to step out of my comfort zone, right, wow, in my mind, it's like, wow, that's it. <laughs> so every time when I'm preparing for my drum lessons, so I need to go for drum lessons, okay, uh, and worship prayer, right, no, I always like I always go with I'm so old, you know, I'm not musically talented, you know. And last time, right, my arms are not very agile, right? So I my my hands start to ache, right, from just doing sound check really. <laughs> Haven't go into the real rehearsal, my hand. Okay, so it's not the word, not the sound person's fault, right? Because many years later they tell me the truth. They tell me and say, because you keep hitting the different parts of the drum, right? So the sound come out differently. So every time they adjust, they thought they got it. Then you hit another place, then they need to adjust again. So that's why it takes very long. Then I, oh, no, then I'm no longer in worship team, all right? <laughs> okay. So sometimes I will complain my heart and say that, oh, so complicated, the song. Wow, so many drumming patterns. No, I only can drum very basic beats only. Then I keep telling myself, okay, okay, I need to be spiritual, right? I'm meeting a need in church, No, No, I'm going to meet a need in church. So, you know, I can do it. Amen. So it sounds good, but my attitude is actually a bit limited. Lah, huh? So my skills definitely improve over time, but this one happens naturally because I practice. Yeah, but the thing is that I was still very limited in my skills because my attitude is limited. Therefore, my altitude, how far I can go, is limited. So one day I was doing my quiet time, you know, coming to God, you know, talking to God halfway, and God actually brought up to me about my attitude uh, when it comes to drumming. No, instead of arguing, no bargaining and complaining, right? I need to start to apply the three Ps for ministry training. No, be prepared, be punctual, be positive. You know, sometimes you are the no trainer, right, for ministry training. Suddenly, what you teach people now is being taught back to you, right? <laughs> yeah, so you start to search your soul a bit, all right? <laughs> so God told me that it's not my age and it's not my responsibility that is holding me back. It was my heart. So from then... I start to give my best, you know, to another whole level. You know, and I wish I could tell you, say, well, because of that, well, suddenly uh, my plane become world-class. You know, the moment I hit, right, wow, anointing fly throughout the whole room, okay? Nothing like that happened, lah, all right? <laughs> so I did still try my best in worship team. You know, after a while, I was taken off, lah, all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that tells you how good I am, all right? <laughs> But the thing that I can tell you, right, because what the, to what the team tell me is that I contribute more on the heart and the enthusiasm than at the actual rhythm. I don't know if they say it to comfort me or it's really that's why I'm contributing to the team, all right? But eventually, there's also other drummers rising up, all right? They definitely have better skills than me. But they told me that, oh no, Zihan, you're very good. You know, you help to set example for a great heart uh, in worship and towards God. Amen. Alright, so until today, I still don't know whether is it something they say to comfort me, alright? Okay, but the thing is this, is that I'm sure that many of us will have struggles in areas in our world with God. Sometimes you feel stuck, right, in figuring out God's promise in our life. Or sometimes you feel that we are constantly cycling through the attitude of arguing, bargaining, complaining with God. But if you want to have a breakthrough in attitude or your mindset, my friends, the first requirement to meet so that you can enter into God's promise is to step out from your comfort zone. 
and learn to recognize that unless we step off our comfort zone, we stop ourselves from experiencing God's promise. So instead, to be like Abraham, who just left as the Lord told him. So you too can as well, that God tells you to step out, and you step out from your comfort zone, you start to see things happening. Sometimes people say, oh, Zihan, I've done that. You know, I step out from my comfort zone, so what's next? So stepping out of comfort zone is something that we should learn from Abraham. Now we should learn about things that we shouldn't learn from Abraham, okay? So lesson number two about Abraham's life is that God's promise requires us to stay outside of our comfort zone. Let's look at verse 10. Okay, so verse 10, it says that when a famine struck the land, Abraham went down towards Egypt to live as an uh, immig- uh, like immigrant since the famine was so severe in the land. Just before he arrived in Egypt, he, told, uh, he said to his wife Sarah, I know you are a good-looking woman. When the Egyptian sees you, they will say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, but let you live. So tell them that you are my sister, so that they will treat me well for your sake, and I will survive because of you. Wow, red flag, you son. <laughs> okay, now it's anything, a red flag. Uh. From green flag, become red flag, alright? <laughs> so when Abraham entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw how beautiful his wife was. When, uh, when Pharaoh's prince saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into the Pharaoh's household. Things went well for Abraham because of her. He acquired flocks of cattle, male donkeys, men servant, woman servant, donkey, a female donkey, and camel. Then the Lord struck Pharaoh and his and his household with severe plague because of Abraham's wife Sarah. So the so Pharaoh summoned Abraham and said, "What is this you have done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? So I made her my wife." Now here's your wife, take her and go. Pharaoh gave his men order concerning Abraham and they expelled him and his wife and everything they had. Wow, red flag everywhere, right? All right. So let's break down this verse together. Verse 10, okay? So verse 10 says that when a famine struck the land, Abraham went down towards Egypt to live as an immigrant since the famine was so severe in the land. So sometimes following God's call means following him into uncomfortable situation which means challenges will happen. And it happened to Abraham. He left as God told him. Things went well for a period. Then suddenly, out of the blue, famine struck the land. Not just any land, but the land that God actually showed him. So when this happens, okay, what are we supposed to do? Sometimes is yes, we need to move out. But in Abraham's case, the answer is actually, I feel, is no. So let me tell you uh, why in a moment. But let's look at verse 11 first. He says that just before he arrived in Egypt, he said to his wife, I know you're a good-looking woman. When the Egyptian sees you, they will say, this is his wife and they will kill me, but let you live. So let them, uh, so tell them you are my sister so that they will treat me well for your sake and I will survive because of you. So not only does Abraham left the land right, that God told him to, now he actually, you know, uh, in order for his new plan to work, right, he actually tells his wife to lie so that he can be treated well. Okay, so you think this is bad, right? Just now we read already, right? things get worse, right? So Abraham entered Egypt. The Egyptians saw how beautiful his wife was. When Pharaoh's prince uh, saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into the Pharaoh's household. Things went well for Abraham because of her. He acquired flocks, cattle, male donkeys, uh, men servants, women servants, female donkeys, and camels. Okay. So over here, the last line, as I was reading, it sounds like, wow, everything works well. No, Abraham, your strategy works, man. But you know what it cost him? It cost him from leaving God's promised land. 
It caused him to lie, uh, to ask Sarah to lie. It caused Sarah to be taken into Pharaoh's household. Okay, so over here, right, the, this is a very tame version of what it means to be taken into the Pharaoh household. But the actual context is that actually Sarah was sexually taken by the Pharaoh. Then you can imagine what happens after that, all right? Okay, so the thing is that, no, isn't this Abraham God's chosen guy? No, wow, why he do this thing to his wife? You know, so it's no excuse that yes, it is a difficult time. Okay, and also during that time, now it's not, but back then, women were treated like a property. So my point is that Abraham gained all these things by detouring God's call, but at what cost? But in the end, thank God, God intervened, right? So verse 17, God intervened to rescue Sarah. So it says in verse 17 that then the Lord struck Pharaoh and his household with severe plagues because of Abraham's wife. So Pharaoh summoned Abraham and said, What is this you have done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why do you say she's my sister? So I made her my wife. Now here's your wife, take her and go. Pharaoh gave his men orders concerning Abraham and they expelled him and his wife and everything he had. So I wonder sometimes, right, for Abraham, how did he interpret what has happened? Did he interpret him being kicked out of Egypt by, wow, bad luck, lah. No, why this thing happened to me? Lah. Wow, it's not fair. Lah. Or did he realize that wow, it was God who is intervening on behalf of Sarah? That God actually graciously gave Abraham a second chance for him to return to God's purpose for his life. So sometimes when things don't go according to plan, it's good to take a, a, a stock and take stock. Okay? Is my situation a situation of famine? Is it a challenge that God wants me uh, to stay on, to stay in His will? Or is my situation an intervention where I have moved away from God, where I have forgotten the values that God has taught me, or I have received ill-gotten gains of someone else's expense? And God is intervening to discipline us, to put us back on track. So, we all like to think that everything good comes from God, right? Wow, God's blessing, you know? And everything bad, right? Wow, not fair, lah, not good, <laughs> okay? But sometimes, right, that this not fair in our life is actually God's blessing. That it happens so that we can be back on track to who we're supposed to be and back on track of what we should be doing. Okay? So interestingly, right, when the Pharaoh and his household found out on their real relationship between Abraham and his wife, they did not kill him right, the way that Abraham thought initially would happen. They just expelled them and everything that they had. And that's the nature of God's discipline. When He disciplines us, He, ne he never wants to destroy us. So definitely there's consequences, of course, but we are still allowed to return to God's promise. So it's in time for the, all the horrible mistakes that He made, right? All the red flags and everything, especially the way He treated His wife, which today we won't forgive. We're like, wow, that's it, man. <laughs> Pluck the red flag on your head, all right? <laughs> okay. I will still want to acknowledge certain things about Abraham that was right, is that he chose to repent and to return. So in the next chapter, in chapter 13, right, he actually shows us that Abraham did not, actually did not need to go back to the land that God is showing to him, but he can go to anywhere else. So let's go look at uh, chapter 13, verse 1. Abraham went out from Egypt towards the arid southern plain with his wife, with everything he had and with Lot. Abraham was very wealthy in livestock, silver, and gold. So actually, at this point, he is actually rich enough, right, to set up shop anywhere he wants, you know? If you're rich like him, right, will you still want to 
be where there is famine? No. Where is the best place to be? No, definitely not somewhere that there's famine. So I think that Abraham recognized God's discipline. And I think that Abraham deep down still wants to follow God's call. So when he left Egypt, he returned to Canaan. But again, there's a plot twisting. Wow, what happened to Han? Okay. Just because you repent right and return to God's will doesn't mean well, everything is done. I pass with A grades, you know, everything goes with smooth sailing. But suddenly in verse 5, we see that now Lord, which is his nephew, right, who is traveling with him, have flocks and cattle and tents. And they had so many possessions between them that the land couldn't support both of them. They could no longer live together. So what happened next? Conflict broke out between those herding Abraham's livestock and those herding Lord's livestock. At the time, Canaanites and Preserites living in the land. Well, so now there's a lot of people living in the same land. Uh, very competitive now, right? Okay. So Abraham said to Lord, let's not have this dispute between me and you and between our herders since we are relative. Isn't the whole land in front of you? Let's separate. If you go to north, I'll go to south. If you go to south, I'll go to north. Lord looked up and saw the entire Jordan Valley. All of it was well irrigated, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as far as Zorah. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? So Lord uh, chose from himself the entire Jordan Valley. Lord set out towards the east and they separated from each other. So if I'm in Abraham's shoes, right, I'll be like, when this thing happens, I'm like, oh God, why like this? No, now I'm obeying you. Why now my family got drama? Just now I drama with Sarah. Now it's drama with Lord. Oh, I think Abraham very busy. <laughs> All right, very busy. Okay, shouldn't the sign of God in my life be that after I obey you, God, everything will be in peace? So the thing is that God's call isn't a place that everything will be at peace. Sometimes God's call is simply God's call. God's call is about who we are as a person, okay, that could lead to peace. God's call is about who we are going to be and what we are going to do in God's plan. So you'll find that on your journey to become that person, right, and sometimes due to God's plan, right, you often have to leave things even relationships that hold you back over and over again. And actually, I want to point out something that from the very beginning, right, in Genesis 12, if we read earlier on, right, God told Abraham to leave what your family and your family household. But for some strange reason, right, Abraham still brought Lot, his nephew, along. So I suspect, right, it's because Abraham was 75 years old. Lah. Then he said that, wow, Sarah, we don't have kids. Lah. Then... Might as well just bring Lord along just in case, lah, all right? Just in case, okay? So if anything happens to me, well, Lord will be the one that's going to inherit everything I have. But surprise, this is not in God's plan. Yeah, God's plan is for him to live and trust that God, He will bless him and give him descendants. And after two chapters, we are back in full circle. The thing that Abraham didn't fully obey God about, God allowed the conflict, conflict to happen. And maybe right now at this point, after what he had been through, Abraham is more ready. That uh, as none of us is always ready, right? When God asks us to follow him. So slowly, you know, as we start to walk with God, you know, maybe God will, ha- will help us to leave things behind, leave people behind, you know, to let go, to leave our comfort zone so that we can stay outside of our comfort zone, to let go certain hidden or personal insurance policy, okay, like lot, okay, in our life. So, the thing is that, guys, is there any hidden just in case in our life? Is there any hidden insurance policy in our life that we are holding on to? So, there are many things that God is not asking us to give up 
but there are some things that He is. So what are those things in our life? And if you let go, would that help you to follow God and obey God more? So this brings me to the third lesson that we can learn from Abraham. is that God's promise requires us to have faith and family. So let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews 11, right? So let's turn to Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11 is where a very summarized version of Abraham's life is summarized in two verses. Okay, so you're in Hebrews 11. Let's turn to verse 8. Okay, so in verse 8, it says that by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out without knowing where he was going, and by faith, he lived in a land that he has... He had been promised as a stranger. He lived in tents along with Isaac and Jacob, who were co-heirs of the same promise. He was looking forward to a city that has foundation, whose architect and builder is God. So the thing is that when it comes to God's promise, you know, it requires us to have faith, that we do need to have faith. Abraham obeyed God and stepped out of his comfort zone because he had faith. Abraham had faith in God that God's promise would come to pass. He went have faith in God that when he stayed outside of his comfort zone and hold on to God's promise in his life, even when his circumstances made it difficult for him, even when his situation is filled with uncertainty, you know, things will start to happen. So similarly for all of us here, you know, we need to have faith to step out of our comfort zone. We need to have faith to stay outside of our comfort zone as well. So let's look deeper into Abraham's life is that, no, it's not just about Abraham's faith in God, but throughout the whole story, one of the things that we need to also take note is that Abraham surrounded himself with people as well, his wife, his relative, his servant. And for them to sit by with Abraham, they too need to have faith as well, not just in God, but in Abraham. So traditionally, we will think that, oh, of our understanding of family, is a household that we are born in, you know, people that we share the same last name and people we share the same blood type, okay? Or the partner that we choose to have or the children we choose to bear. But here, what I want to draw is that real family is more than just this traditional marriage or family unit. I mean, for each of us here, it can be very superficial. We have all the KPIs of uh, all our traditional family put together, you no know, father, one, mother, one, one or two kids, one, two, all right? Same surname, checkbox, all right? <laughs> But doesn't mean, right, they are going to support you to become who God has called you to be. Sometimes they are not even helping. They are actually holding you back, okay? So listen, family should be defined by the people who choose to step out of your comfort zone with you, who stand by you through the detours and the mistakes, who challenge you to stay out of the comfort zone in order to follow God together. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because Christmas is coming, you know? As individuals just now... Uh, Edwin and the team has shared that as individuals, perhaps some of us, you know, we are believing for a breakthrough for our friends. It might be our first time, our first Christmas gathering that we are inviting friends. It might be our 10th time inviting someone, umpteen time inviting them and believing for them for an encounter. So will you choose to invite and to pray in faith? And some of us, you know, you have a goal in your team and you really want to support your leader, so you want to invite friends and bring friends. You pray together and to have faith together. And my question to you is that if that's you, will you choose to be a family, part of this family of faith? 
No, when I talk about this, right, wow, I want to cry already. You know why? Because every time we talk about family or friends, you know, it's one thing that I really, really appreciate about Tivo. Yeah. So I'm gonna mention some people. If your name not mentioned here, you're, you're still family to me, alright? <laughs> alright. No, a few people I want to mention is people like Jing Xiang, Minxian, Helena, you know. They are my peers, you know. Either older than me or younger than me, alright? <laughs> but they but all these years, right, they have been really supportive, very encouraging. You know, me being the leader, you know, and friend at the same time. That every time we talk about things happening in our CG, you know, having faith for the vision of our adults in, in Tivo, you know, they're very supportive. They say that, well, what can I do? Uh, what can I be part of? How can I contribute? You know, and, and it's not just them, but also in CT, you know, the church experience team, the, the community experience team. You know, people like Kenneth, Ashley, and Sue. You know, I think they're amazing because this year, right, I already do not a lot in CT. No, I like the leader in name, right? I don't do anything. They're the other one doing it. No, but every time I see them take ownership, right, I want to cry. And I, wow, suddenly our vending machine is filled with food. Hallelujah. No, because of Sue, that kind of thing. No, suddenly the toilet got some like leakage, right? Suddenly it's, what wow, miraculously better already. Why? Because they go and settle it, you know? And it's very encouraging because when they do that, you know, it gives me more mind space and time to focus on pastoral work, on other things that is important in church. And last but not least, very important people is, is the leaders. You know, people like Sydney, Edwin, Chancy, Regina, Winnie. And the list is very long. You know, one, but the talk on the list, right, is thank you for helping me with my sermon every time. <laughs> do, you, do you know why they laugh, laugh so much? Because every, every time I write my sermon, right, the first draft is cannot be seen, cannot be read, cannot be preached. Yeah. They really there to go through the hardship with me, find every photo together, you know, back through every sentence I say, make sure I don't say the wrong thing. Or maybe I have a certain thing I want to say, I get the idea out. Amen. But they go through hardship with me for the year 2022. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah, wherever you are. Okay. And some of them, they also you know, let me bounce off my ideas because I'm like half a sanguine or maybe three-quarter sanguine, all right? Yeah, I like to talk my thoughts out, you know, like maybe to bounce off ideas with them. Then they'll listen to me patiently. Then after, they'll cut down to the very important things. Then another part of me is that, well, I'm very compassionate. You know? When I see things happening, I have a lot of compassion. I don't do a lot of things for people, right? Well, I'll be there for them as I try all these things. Then they tell me, don't do that, Zahan. You know, be less compassionate, you know. Since when you got friends that tell you that in your face, you know? Yeah, and, and, and I think it's amazing because like, like in life, right, it's not just you having that faith to believe for something to happen. That you also need to surround you with friends, right? Sometimes they tell you the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts you. Like you, I'm being generous. No, you don't, you shouldn't be, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and because they see things better than you. And, and I feel this is something that we need to surround ourselves with during this season. You know, sometimes we go through hardship. You know, sometimes we, we feel that only us needing that faith to believe for something to happen. But we also need to surround ourselves with people that will go through this journey with us. And I'm sure there's many of you here, you know, but not enough time, right? <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that every time, you know, no, I just one more thing is that no, at the at the alfresco, you know, sometimes as leaders, right, we will sit down there do our work and everything, you know, and sometimes we do have a bad day too, you know, and then some of you come into the alfresco and we come in cheerfully, like hello to her, you know, 
you want to eat my chocolate? No, 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 this, you know, we, no, youth, I, 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 you know, as a adult, sometimes I really appreciate hanging out with the youth. You know, sometimes at work, right, wow, a lot of politics, a lot of things happening. You no, know, over there, you go there, they are not family of faith, uh, they are family of something else, uh, right? <laughs> and then when you come into church, uh, wow, this is really a place, uh, a family of faith that is not defined by age. It's not even defined by life experience. It's defined by the faith that you carry, that when you meet each other, you're low, right? In deficit of faith, right? You meet this person and suddenly you're full of faith. You start to be able to believe for something great that can be happened. And, and this is something that I, I really appreciate. And this is something that I feel that this season, you know, God's promise is not just us having faith, but all of us coming together, all of us taking that step forward together. You know, to really believe that together we can see what God has planned for not just us, but all of us can come to pass. Amen? So, the final thing that I want just to recap on is the three things that we can learn from Abraham. The first lesson is that God's promise requires us to step out of our comfort zone and also requires us to stay outside of our comfort zone and also requires us to have faith and family as well. 